Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Hey, Victory, we are so excited for what God is doing today and what he's about to do in this service. We are about to do something we've never done before in the history of Victory. You are going to hear from some of our best communicators in the church, best preachers and teachers on God's word, and we're going to have a preach-a-thon in this service right now. Now, you might be thinking, Paul, I don't have four hours, so how long is this going to go? We're calling it Six on Six. Six preachers for six minutes apiece. The timer will be on and they will pass the mic off to each other. But I want to encourage you to lean in, to cheer them on, to shout hallelujah, amen. Be generous in your response. I know you're going to get something out of each person that shares. And they're all going to connect the dots. This theme that we've been in in July, difference makers. They're going to talk about some difference makers spiritually, practically, that you can apply in your life to change your world, to change your relationships, to change the energy the joy, the peace in your life, to change even the direction and following the Holy Spirit. You are going to get so much out of this message today. Six on six. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this weekend for a long time. Would you stand up and cheer on these six preachers as they get ready to go back to back? Here we go, Victory. Let's give them a big applause. Let's honor God today. Yes! How many of you guys are excited to be at church this morning? We are excited too. Hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna do the wave, all right? If any of you guys have never been to any sports thing ever, it's just this. You don't even have to, if you didn't put on deodorant, you don't even have to lift it all the way up. You can just do one of these. All right, we're gonna start from this side. All right, are you ready? Set, wee! We're gonna send it back, wee! Retweet! Boom! All right, you guys are excited. Sit down. <laughs> wow, so you guys are like, man, this is going to be weird. Um, <laughs> you know what? We serve uh, an odd God that does odd and supernatural miracles. So, yes, we're excited for that. Well, like Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley have said, this is six speakers, six minutes. So if you're taking notes, if you have your smartphone, you can make six segments or whatever you want to do. Or if you're like, I don't really care what you have to say, then you don't have to do that. And I hope God works on your heart. So no judgment. Um, uh, so, uh, and, and ju just so you guys know, what we are doing is what God has made a difference in our lives through some scripture that we've been reading. Nothing that we say is going to change you. The word of God is living, and that is the thing that counts. That's the content. So we wanna make sure that you guys are grasping the content of what God is wanting to do. Amen? So just so you guys know, we have our Victory Manford pastor, Pastor Brian Bias. We have Pastor CJ Jacobs, who's on our pastoral team. We have, over all of our kids' ministry, Pastor Amy Farquhar. And we have, over our Tulsa Dream Center and administrative pastor, A.J. Johnson, the GOAT. 
<laughs> and then our next generation pastor, Pastor Mark Kresge, give it up. And I get to serve here in the creative department as a creative pastor, and so we're excited. God, we welcome your spirit. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that the presence of God is here. Lord, and so we just welcome you in our minds and our thoughts and, 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 and this, in this whole service for the next 36 minutes. <laughs> Lord God, that what you're going to do in us, Lord, will transform our minds. God, renew our hearts, refresh us, restore us, your joy and peace. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. The difference maker in my life has been prophetic creativity. Prophetic creativity. Now to prophesy, to prophetic, prophetic, that means, that means to foretell of something that's to come. And some of y'all are like, prophetic, you about to get weird on us? Maybe, like I said, God, God is unusual and he does unusual things. But prophetic creativity is an idea that God drops in your mind that the whole world, everyone else is gonna be like, whoa, where, where did that come from? And it's only gonna come from a supernatural idea from God in your prayer or in your reading time with God. And I believe that. I, and, I, and, and some of you guys say, so, so, you know, what does that look like? Well, here's the thing. We're all created differently, and so God is going to give you different specific dreams and visions. That way we get to shape culture with where we're at. From ministry, if you're a singer-songwriter, a chef, a coach, a teacher. If you're a student, I believe that we are waiting for that God idea, the prophetic creativity that the, it's gonna turn the world's head because we as believers should be influencing culture. Amen? Amen. And, and the reason why God wants to talk to you specifically is because we're all different. And what you can make a difference with what makes you different. That's why God is gonna give you a different. And, it's, and I have some scripture to back it up. Everybody say, back that up. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So before time, God created you in mind, and he also gave you, he also has dreams that he created beforehand, before time to give to you. Now, this, 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 this revelation, this, it came to me as I was studying this character in the Bible named Jacob in Genesis 28. Now, Jacob was a different dude. He was, his name literally meant trickster, and God works through different people. <sighs> Jacob, his whole life, he had been really striving. You know, in all of his human efforts, he had just been striving to just make things happen. And so he's just been wheeling and dealing and all this type of stuff. And in our human efforts, we all kind of strive. Well, then all of a sudden, while Jacob was running from family issues, which some of us have done, and he was on his way to a destination, he just hit a brick wall of just striving. And he found a literal rock, a literal rock, and he used it as a pillow and he laid down because he was so tired. Some of you are tired today of just striving and I'm wanting you that when you hit the brick wall, rest on the rock, which is God. And in that time, what Jacob did is when he rested on the rock, God, when he finally just shut up and was quiet and still, God revealed to him a ladder a stairway from heaven to earth. In Genesis 28, a stairway was set on the ground and it reached all the way to the sky. Angels of God were going up and down it. God was right before him saying, I am God, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. I'm giving the ground on which you are sleeping to, to your descendants. Your descendants will be as dust, as the, as dust of the earth. They'll stretch from the east to the west, the north to the south. All the families of the earth 
will bless themselves in you and your descendants. Yes, I will stay with you. I'll protect you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this very ground. I will stick with you until I've done everything I've promised you. Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, God is in this place. Victor, I want to tell you, God is in this place. And he said, truly, I didn't even know it. He was terrified. He whispered in awe, incredible, wonderful, holy. This is God's house. This is the gate of heaven. I believe that we are sitting in the gate of heaven. And I believe that there is a bridge, a supernatural bridge from heaven to earth. Just like those angels ascending and descending, God is saying, I want to drop in you prophetic creative ideas that speak about your future that speak about where you are in your life, whether it has to do with your marriage or whether it has to do with a business venture. He says, next time you have a creative meeting, next time that you do a business uh, uh, or buying property, invite me in, a collaboration with heaven. What came out of Jacob, the tribe of Judah? Out of the tribe of Judah came Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because God had to use a rule breaker. He had to use Jacob he said, I'm going to do something different in you. And Jacob woke up, and he only got the prophetic creative idea when he quit striving, and he rested on the rock, and God was able to speak to him in dreams and visions, and then he recognized God is in this place. You see, God wants to give you ideas that are going to break the rules, and he doesn't want you to color inside the lines. I'm sorry, kindergarten teachers. He's wanting you to color outside of the lines, to dream big dreams, to do things that will influence and shape the culture today. I hate to break it to you, but we serve a rule-breaking Jesus that healed people on the Sabbath, that ate without washing his hands, that did things that people said, this is how the world works, and he says, but I have a supernatural way of doing things. The thing is this, is that we cannot be trendsetters if we are traceable. God is speaking to you to give you prophetic creativity that will not be traceable, but it will cause people to look to you and you point to heaven. You see, God can predict the future because he created it. And if he resides in you, then we can do so also. Amen? Amen. Right now, I want you guys to give it up for our victory man for pastor, Pastor Brian Bias. Woo, come on, man. Praise God. That was a good word, Pastor John. Hey, the difference maker in my life has been serving. And when I really thought, looked back, you know, um, man, I, I grew up in church. You know, my mom took me and my little brother to church every time the doors were open. But as I got in my high school years, man, really turned from God, really didn't follow God. And then by the time I graduated high school, I already had uh, my first kid and and man, I had all these addictions and sin, and, and man, my life was just a mess. But I remembered going to church, and so that's what I thought, man, I have, I'm so messed up, I, I need to get to church, I need to, I know God is the answer. And so I remember after I gave my life back to Jesus, and I remember my mom gave me this shoebox full of victory cassette tapes. And uh, I was working on a trash truck at the time, I had my Walkman cassette tape player and my headphones and I started putting in these Victory Church cassette tapes and man, this started consuming the word. This started coming. I was like, man, I've got to make a change. I've got to, I've got to change my life. I've got to change the direction I'm going. And uh, I, was, I was listening to those. Pastor Billy Joe, Pastor Paul's father, uh, spoke this message on serving. And he used the scripture in Mark chapter 10 and in verse 45 and it says, for even the Son of Man, which is Jesus, came not to be served, 
but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And man, as Pastor Billy Joe was, was sharing that message about, man, the heart of God, the heart of Jesus came to serve, came to sub, serve others, to give his life. And, it, and Pastor Billy Joe was talking about, hey, it's uh, following Jesus is not just coming to church or not just doing the same things, so but it's been God using us in a mighty way to serve others. And as I was listening to that message, I thought, man, I have, I need to serve. I need to get involved. And so it was right in the middle of the summer. Like I said, I just got saved. And man, I had all these issues still. But I thought, man, I need to get involved. In our church in this little bitty town of maybe about a thousand people was having a vacation Bible school. And uh, they needed somebody to open and close the van door of, of uh, the van that was picking up all the kids. And uh, it was one of the sliding van doors, so you know you had to guard the door, make sure you don't smash nobody's, you know, the kids' fingers in there. So that was my job that whole week, vacation Bible school. And we must have picked up every single kid in that town. I mean, man, we had 100 kids coming to our vacation Bible school, and we were packing them in that van and taking them home, picking them up every day. And that week, I saw kids get saved. I saw kids, man, find Jesus and, and, and hear Bible stories. And man, it was so amazing. At the end of that week, I was like, God, you was able to use me. Man, I was a part of this. And uh, at the end of that week, I thought, man, I wanna continue to serve. I remember going to my pastor and, and saying, hey, I, I wanna serve. What can I do? Can I mow the grass? Can I, can I clean the church? Can I, can I, what way can I serve? And he said, well, hey, we've got a Sunday school class of about five 12-year-old boys and girls that we need somebody to help in that class. And I thought, oh man, I don't know the Bible that good. You know, I thought, oh gosh, how can God use me in this? But I thought, man, I wanna serve, I wanna serve. So I stepped into that, and I was learning more than the kids. As I was going through, that, going through lessons and trying to tell them things, I was like, man, God was speaking to me. God was doing some things in my life. But I think of what was the big difference maker in my life besides knowing Jesus, besides hearing the word, you know, prayer, all those things. Is, man, when I started to serve, it really started to change me. And there was three things that really started to happen in my life. You know, one was, man, I started getting rid of the junk, started getting rid of the sin, started giving things up. See, I wish I could tell you, as soon as I got saved, all that stuff disappeared. But for me, it was a process. And man, as I started serving, God started taking that junk out of my life. As I started getting closer to God and helping him, all that stuff started to go. He started healing my marriage and my family and my heart and my mind. You know, the second thing was is, man, I really started to get the heart of God for people. As I started to serve, I started taking my mind off of myself and started seeing others the way Jesus saw them and God started breaking my heart for people. That's why I loved uh, about teenagers going on mission trips and they go see others and they come back so on fire for God. It's like, I gotta do something for the kingdom of God. Listen, I had a wise old man tell me one time, he said, some things can be taught, other things have to be caught. And he said, I can teach you how to do dramas. I can teach you how to open the van door. He said, I can teach you how to do a sidewalk truck. But the compassion and heart of God only comes when you serve, when you stand before hurting people. And man, that was something that God did in my life. He gave me his heart when I started to serve. And the last thing was, is what serving made a difference in my life, I started seeing serving make a difference in other people's lives. And I love the story that Daniel shared. Man, those people that went and served, man, at that laundromat, and that lady was transformed. It says in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, in the same way, 
let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And man, that's it. That's what serving does is, man, it makes a difference in our life, gives us the heart of God, and man, makes a difference in others. So I wanna challenge you. If you aren't serving somewhere, Victory has some awesome places to serve. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Powerful words, servant leadership. And right now, give it up for my father-in-law, Pastor C.J. Jacobs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody shout glory! Now, y'all know I'm going to take longer than six minutes. I'm just kidding, y'all, right? All right. Well, the, the difference maker in a young brother's life is simply being the power of prayer. Turn to somebody and say, the power of prayer. Now, turn to somebody else and say, powerful prayers. Shake your head when you say it. Powerful prayers. I was thinking about this one statement. I want to open up with this. The power of prayer gets things done. The power of prayer gets things done. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, and we've got a passage of scripture. We're going to look at her. Starting at verse 14, it says, Stand firm, therefore, having gird your loins with truth. So you put your truth belt on, okay? All right? Next it says, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You got your breastplate on. Boom, brother, solid. Okay, come on with it. Then it says, go ahead and put your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I got my Kohans on right now. You know, my son, he likes Kohans too, my son like that. But we try to, you know, but the gospel of peace, we put that on, okay? So whenever we got the shoes, we got the breastplate, we got the loins, we got the... Then it says, put on the helmet of salvation. No, I'm, no, it doesn't. I'm just playing with y'all. It says, you will be, take the shield of faith that you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil we're looking pretty good right now we got a shield we got belt we got a breastplate we got shoes what else we need and then it says take the helmet of salvation so your head you're thinking to be right your thinking's right now okay so we got a brother that's prepared but that's all defense that's all defense prayer is God's offense come on somebody prayer is what you gonna do to the devil when he's trying to take your grandson. Prayer is what you're going to do when some woman come up to your husband. I mean, I knew he's not, you can, I'm going to pray that thing out of here. You know, <laughs> prayer is what you do when everybody that got a promotion except you. And you're working harder than anybody else. And your boss overlooking you. You take that brother, you take that thing. The prayer, praise God. Prayer gets things done. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you a story. When my oldest daughter was 12 years old, and I was up, and I always get up between 3 and 5 o'clock and pray. That's when the witches pray, by the way. And so I'm up between 3 and 5 o'clock and pray. I'm binding up them devils. I'm binding up them, them witches. And I'm praying. In my living room, lights out, dark. I'm just praying. And I was there praying uh, in a period of time. And every time I was going, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, listen, listen. So I'm praying. And he said, listen. So I started praying harder because I thought he wanted me to pray harder. He said, listen. And then finally, he said, listen. And I heard this. I said, what in the world? And it was coming from upstairs. And so I said, so I slid up the stairs like the Grinch who stole Christmas when he slid down the chimney. I slid up the stairs. And I looked around there, and there was my eldest daughter. She was boom, 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 boom. She was working out. And the devil was trying to kill my eldest daughter. Told her she was fat, and she was about to 
about to just go anorexic on a brother and just getting all small and thin. Shoot, I slid back down the stairs and I went and the Holy Spirit told me what to do. So I took it to the doctor. I confronted him, took it to the doctor and he wanted to put a label on her. You got to watch people when they try to put a label on you. They tried to label my daughter and said she was anorexic. They was going to put her on this list and she would not have been able to get insurance today if they would have put her on that list. Once you're on that list, you end up, you're uninsurable. I said, Doc, I appreciate your medical profession and your diagnosis, but I'm going to take it to a higher doctor. I said, I got another brother I'm going to talk to. Somebody say, Dr. Jesus. I took it to Dr. Jesus. And the Holy Ghost told me what to do. And so I took back, still in praying. I'm still praying. I'm talking about the power of prayer. I'm talking about prayer changes things. Prayer fixes things. So I went back. Holy Spirit gave me exactly what kind of milk diet to put her on. And, uh, and, and you know what? There she, there she is right there. Where's, she, where's the picture? Where's, where, there, look at that. Beautiful. Matter of fact, she's so beautiful and so gorgeous. You know, she got my handsome grandson, son-in-law right there. Look at him, the good-looking brother right there. He's smooth, ain't That's my man. That's my man. And then look at my grandbabies. So my grandbabies, look at her right there. That's Blythe Nation, Westbrook Doherty. That's John Claude, Jude North, John Claude Doherty. That's me with him. Praise God. Prayer, listen to me, though. Prayer made that happen. See? She could have passed away. I know Karen Carpenter, back in that same time frame, lost to one of the greatest singers, famous, died from anorexia. And you may know some people that have that. So prayer protects your future. Prayer teaches you to listen to God. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to what I have to say. I'll make this statement. I believe post your salvation, after you get saved, developing a prayer life is the most important thing you will ever do on planet Earth. I believe that. Some people say they can't afford to tithe. Pastor, some people say they can't afford to tithe. I say you cannot afford not to tithe. Some people say they don't have time to pray. I say, Brother George, you don't got time not to pray. You better learn how to pray. Prayer can save everything that the devil's trying to steal. And then on the offense, prayer can gain you things that the Lord wants you to have. I challenge you. I close with this. Develop a prayer life. Let it be a difference in your life like it's made a difference in mine. God bless you. Amen. Amen. CJ, awesome word on the power of prayer. And now Pastor Amy Farquhar over our kids' ministry. Give it up. A difference maker in my life has been perspective. Almost three years ago, God gave me an opportunity to go to Uganda, Africa with the teaching team. And on our way back to the States, we stopped in Paris, France for just a few days. And it was there in that city that God opened my eyes in a new way to the power of perspective. Everybody say perspective. perspective. You see, our first day in Paris, we were walking the streets, and I looked ahead, and I saw the most beautiful Ferris wheel. And before I could ever think it all the way through, I said, hey, we should ride that. And it totally caught my team off guard because adventurous is not a word that I would ever, ever use to describe myself. In fact, I am very much one of those people that like my feet on the ground. I like to know where I'm going and what's happening. And I'm really okay with being a spectator of those types of things versus participating. But what happened is we began to walk closer and closer down the street to that Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel got bigger and bigger. And as I found myself at the base of the Ferris wheel, looking up at the huge structure, my hands were sweaty and I was absolutely frozen. And the attendant was looking at me and saying, on or off, on or off. Until my friend said, Amy, take one step, come on. You won't want to miss this view. 
And I hopped on the cart, and we went all the way up to the top. And I looked down, I looked out, and I said, man, I can see the whole city. And on the second day, we decided that we were going to go see the Eiffel Tower. Not only are we going to go see the Eiffel Tower, but we're going to go in the Eiffel Tower. And we're, just, we're not going to just go in it. We're going to go up all the way to the top. And I found myself in the same place at the base of that ginormous structure that went from beautiful to terrifying very, very quickly. And I had my ticket in my hand. I was frozen. And the attendant is looking at me and going, are you coming or not? And I don't know. I don't know. And my friend said, Amy. Take one step. Come on. You don't want to miss this view. We took stairs and we took elevators all the way up to the top as high as we could go. And I looked out and I said, man, I can see the whole city. And as I said that, something in the distance caught my eye. It was the Ferris wheel from the day before. Only this time, from this view, it looked so much smaller. And on that third night, we went to the Sacre Coeur, which is known for being at the highest point of the city in Paris. And as we sat up there on the lawn and we grabbed a seat and the sun was beginning to set, I looked out and I said, oh, man, I can see the whole city. And as I said that, I looked out and I saw the Eiffel Tower. Only this time, from this view, it was so much smaller. And I began to search the skyline, trying to find that Ferris wheel from just two days before, and it was no longer to be found. And God began to teach me in that moment that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You see, the dictionary defines perspective as this. It says a particular attitude towards something or a point of view. It's the appearance of things relative to one another. One another. You see, what you see not only depends on what you're looking at, but where you are looking from. And God began to say, Amy, where are you looking from? As you look out, where are you looking from? And he gave me this verse in Isaiah chapter 55, 8 and 9. He says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way that you think. And you see, what is more real and what is more true than anything we ever see or ever feel or ever experience is right here in the Word. And I began to pray, God, show me, show me how you work. Show me how you think. God, stretch my faith to see your perspective. In the past three years, God has taken me back to that hill many, many times because there's days when I wake up and I look out what's before me and I think, I don't know, that's too big. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know that I'm the right person. Me, are you sure? I don't know, this is too much. And God says, Amy, take one step. Shift your perspective. Hey, 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 my grace is sufficient. I have called you, equipped you, and made you ready for my work. You know, there's days as we start thinking about going back to school and I'm sending my oldest off to college and I think, as a mom, I haven't done enough. I need more time. I need more conversations. I don't know. Did I say enough? Did I do it right? And this doubt and this panic starts to set in and then I hear, Amy, take one step. Shift your perspective. You see, you see I say, for I know the plans that I have for your kids, for a future, a hope and a promise and I've ordered their steps. You see, I don't know what you see when you look out, 
Maybe you felt like me before and you felt overwhelmed that it's too big or you feel the clock ticking or maybe you see stacks of bills that look like financial devastation or in your family you think it's broken or maybe you feel like there's a promise you're waiting on or you feel forgotten. I don't know what you see, but I do know what God says about what you see. And he says, I don't think the way you think. And I don't work the way you work. So today, as you look out, I just challenge you to first hear him call you by name. You're not a so-and-so. He's got a name for you because he loves you so much. And then have the courage. Take one step, one step, and shift your perspective because you don't want to miss his view. Amen. Amen. Great word. Perspective. Pastor Amy, Pastor AJ Johnson of the Tulsa Dream Center admin pastor. Man, oh man. It's powerful. Well, a difference maker in my life has been to sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. I'm gonna ask you one question before we dive in. How many are competitive and like to win? Even if you're not competitive, how many like to win? Man, well, that, that's good. I'm, I'm talking, we are talking to the right bunch this morning. I'm gonna show you some people that the world would identify as winners. The first one is, of course, the one and only MJ. Michael Jordan, any MJ fans in the house? Six championships, 10-time NBA scoring champion and has never lost in the finals. How many would say that's a winner? The next one, Adele. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Her boyfriend broke up with her, and within the next year, she wrote an album that sold over 17 million copies worldwide. Something that I wanna share with you about Adele that you can relate with God can use your brokenness for breakthrough. How many would say that's a winner right there? The next one, Oklahoma's own Carrie Underwood and Garth Brooks. Yeah, hippie-io. That's not, that's not their songs. I don't know. All I know is Jesus take the wheel. That's it. That's the only country songs I know. But God has given them a gift that the world can see. Also, right across the street, you might have graduated from there, Chancellor Or Roberts. At a time when people said, your faith is foolish. How dare you dream to start a university? How dare you dream to start a hospital? How dare you dream to have crusades where millions and millions of people would come to know Jesus? How dare you? But his sacrifice led to millions of people coming to know Jesus. And of course, our very own. We're sitting in this room today as a result of this man, this family, right here, Tulsa Dream Center, Victory Christian Center, Victory Christian School, Camp Victory, all of our international missionaries, everything that God has called us to do and the things that we will continue to do. And you would say, man, that, that, those people are winners right there. But we may never know the sacrifice that came along with the rewards that you would call winning. And I wanna tell you just a quick story about Joshua. In Joshua chapter one, after Moses died, God said, Joshua, it's time to come forward. And many of you may be like Joshua. I can relate to Joshua where you feel like, God, I'm, I'm just the assistant. I'm, I'm called to be in the shadows. 
I, I'm not worthy. I, I'm not smart enough. I don't, I don't have these years of experience. But God is saying, come forward. So Joshua was called and God said to him in Joshua 1 verse 3, I will give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. Skipping down to verse 5, no one, everybody say no one. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That sounds like a recipe for winning to me, amen. But the greatest thing about God is that he's given us, like Pastor Amy said, every promise we need is in the book. But are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to press in? Are we willing to give up and, and pray? Are we willing to, to serve? Are we willing to be quiet and hear the prophetic voice of God? Are we willing to give up so that we can go up? And in between verses, chapters 2 through 4, Joshua and his men went through a series of things. They had to spy out on the land, and they were almost killed. They had to hide out. But just before they were getting ready to cross over into the promised land, in chapter 5 of Joshua, God said, at that time, God said to Joshua, make stone knives and circumcise the people of Israel a second time. So Joshua made stone knives and circumcised the people of Israel. Circumcision is a cutting away. Circumcision is painful. Sacrificing can often be painful. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separated. As believers, you're called to be separated. That may mean giving up some relationships. That may mean laying down that, that cigarette or that tobacco. That may mean giving up that drinking or, or that website or whatever it is. We all have our own challenges. But for me in my own personal life, about three and a half weeks ago, the Holy Spirit challenged me to go on a fast. I said, God, that's easy. You know, I just, okay, I won't eat meat. I, I'll do the Daniel's fast. But I just felt to give up all food for 21 days. And I was like, Jesus, I love macaroni and cheese. Jesus, I don't know if I can do that. But I just felt simply submit. Give up so that you can go up. Because there's, there's a place, a deep place in God that we're called to go to. But are we willing to give up so we can go up? Are we willing to say, God, I'll, I'll lay down my flesh for you. I stand before you today, day 20 of a 21-day fast, and I'm more in love with Jesus like never before. I don't say that for applause or, or encouragement, but I want to encourage you, the broken places that you're willing to sacrifice, God's going to take you higher than ever before. Amen. Amen. Great word on cutting a way to go up. Pastor Mark, bring us home, our next generation's pastor. Come on, Jesus. Um, well, hey, the difference maker in my life has been knowing that I'm defined in Christ. The difference maker in my life is knowing I'm defined in Jesus. Ephesians 1.11 says, it's in Christ that we find who we are and what we're living for. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. You know, these, uh, these 32 years of my life, there's something that I've been learning is that the way that I define myself matters that the way that I define who I am literally determines the direction and the quality of my life. How I define me, how you define you, really does matter in your life. 
Uh, you know, I, I think that my mom had a revelation of this. She, had, she understood this for me growing up. Uh, I would say that my mom had mom goggles. And so I don't know if you know what that means, but some of you, we have any moms in the room, you may have mom goggles. Uh, mom goggles is when you're like, hey, uh, you know, my baby, whether the facts are true or not, is the cutest kid in the entire world. You know what I mean? You've heard that mom and you're like, well, maybe, maybe not. But um, my mom was, uh, my mom was, you know, that kind of a person when it came to her baby boy. He's the most handsome and he's the most amazing and, and oh, I love my baby and he's cute. Whether it was true or not, she was saying it, um, which would make her a liar as well. So we'll not talk about that. But <laughs> But my mom had mom goggles, uh, really to the point, like I could, I could, like she was the type of woman where I could come home and be like, hey mom, like I got an F on my report card, like I'm so sorry, and she'd take a look at it and she'd like lean back and she'd be like, well, it just goes to show you, they don't know how to educate a genius at that school, right? And I was like, yeah, you know what, you're right, I'm a genius, I'm a genius, I got an F, I did for fantastic, that's right, that's what I'm talking about. Right, and, and, and it just goes to show you though, right, like it, it really does matter how we define ourselves. I think my mom understood that about my life. Uh, but you know, here's, here's what I know about all of us here in the room, if I've met you or not met you, identity is a core human need for all of us. And whether I've met you or not, what I do know is that you are looking for someone or something to define who you are. But the problem with this is most of the time is we, we try to define ourselves incorrectly by uh, defining ourselves by what we do defining ourselves by what other people think in our life. But the problem with this is, is when I define myself by what I do, I always have to achieve more. I always have to uh, succeed on a higher level to feel my value. Or if I define myself by what you think of me, then I always have to impress you or, or to please you to feel like I'm someone valuable. And can we just be honest? Like That is one of the most exhausting, insecure, and dare I say, ineffective ways of living, but so many of us find ourselves in that place. And this is why Jesus is saying uh, through us in the word, he's saying, I, I want you to find out who you are in me, not in what you do and not what people think about you because how you define yourself really does matter, right? The apostle Paul, he had a, a revelation of this as he writes in Colossians chapter two, verse nine and 10. He says, for in Christ lives all of the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head of over every ruler and authority. Do you hear that? He says, you also, like right here, God is naming you and I. If that you are in Christ, if you belong to Jesus and you follow him, your faith is in Christ and what he's done for you, the Bible says is that you are now complete in him. You see, listen, he, he has naming rights over you because you belong to him. My wife and I were having a baby in October, and guess who has the naming rights for that little boy? My wife and I. No one else has the right to name that child. So, so I ask you, how, who have you believed that's been naming you something that you're not? Because God is the one in your life who has the right to name you, the right to define you, and he says you're complete. And you know what that means about your life? When it means that I'm complete, it means I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven right now more than I'll ever be. Right? When I understand that I'm complete in Christ, that means right now I can't be more loved. I'm more loved right now than I will be in the rest of my life. I can't be more loved. I can't be more accepted. I can't be more complete and valued than I am right now in this moment because God has said, I am complete in him. And, and it just brings a rest, doesn't it? It brings a security into our life. It says, man, like that's, that's the kind of life that I have been searching for and wanting. But this, this isn't just wishful thinking. This isn't just saying like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be okay and God says I'm complete. But, but this is a belief system that God calls us to live in. We all live out of a worldview. We all have a belief system. But what are you believing about yourself? Are you believing what maybe someone's spoken about you or, or defining yourself by maybe a failure or something that you've achieved? Because that's a really broken way of living. 
God says, I want you to flip the script and I want you to believe that you are who I say that you are even before you see those things manifest in your life. You've gotta say it before you see it. And if you'll live in that way, if you'll follow in that way, you'll see life change begin to happen, right? This is the way that God calls us to live. And, and you know, this doesn't mean that we don't work. It doesn't mean that we don't sacrifice or serve. It doesn't mean that we don't work with God in these areas, but it does change our motivation. It changes now, see now I'm, I'm, working, I'm working from loved and not for loved. I'm working from complete and not for complete. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm working from accepted, not for accepted. And here's what that does, is that allows me to be able to say, listen, because I'm complete already, because I believe that I've been defined in Jesus and nowhere else, that, that frees me to say, you know what, I don't have to lift up the name of Mark. I'm now free to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm now, I'm now free to love you because I'm free from your opinion of me. Does that make sense? And so God calls us to live in a place where we are defined by him and in him only. And as you begin to do this, I'm telling you, this will change your marriage. This will change the way you do business. It'll change the way you pursue your education. I know that it's gonna change the way that I parent that little baby coming in a few months. The way we define ourselves really does dictate the, the direction and the quality of our life. And so maybe for a practical step for you, and I would encourage you maybe this week is that you would open up the book of Colossians and as you wake up early 5 a.m. in the morning, as Pastor CJ said, and you would say, you know what, I'm gonna read through these four chapters in Colossians, four chapters, the entire book, and read it out loud to yourself and say, I'm choosing to believe this is who God says I am. And here's what I'll tell you, that the difference maker in your life will be understanding and knowing that you are defined in him above all else. Thank you for listening to Victory. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8, 30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.